For Indiana football, let the head coaching search begin. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked on Hoosiers podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Goins. I appreciate you making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen each and every day. Special shout out to our everydayers who are here every single day. We're a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which is your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Well, for Indiana football, let the head coaching search begin. And let me tell you, it has already begun. It is off and running. Names are flying off the handle left and right. You have names that are coming out from everywhere. You have some um, rumors that people are interviewing for the job. There's been coaches who have already shut down reports or rumors that they want the job or that there may be mutual interest there. It's getting kind of crazy. And let me start out by saying this, right? Coaching searches are just fun. They're fun, right? Because it's it's the start of a new era, right? It's a it's the journey to a new era of a football, whether or football or basketball or whoever, whatever sport it is. And I'll say this too, it's never exciting or fun or just I never get joy out of somebody losing their job, right? Somebody being let go, somebody being fired, like we saw Tom Allen or anybody, any other coach, right? Or any other job. I never enjoy that. But I think we can all agree that it was just time. It, that that had run its course, right, for years and years and years. And it was just time for this relationship to end. And now that we can get past that, coaching searches are a lot of fun, man, because you're seeing all these different names and people are throwing out haymakers and seeing if they stick to the wall, right? Like you're testing the spaghetti noodle on the fridge and sometimes it gains a little smoke. Sometimes there's a little traction there. Sometimes it's like, oh, wow, could this really be happening? And then other times it's like, okay, why are you throwing out such a ridiculous name that'll never happen? Urban Meyer. So that's what makes this so much fun. And the fans are getting going on social media and on all the boards and in the comments on YouTube here. Like it's been a lot of fun. And so I want to start the episode by saying this. If you're on YouTube, drop down in the comments. Who do you want as Indiana's next head football coach? Who do you want? Who do you think it'll be? Because I think those can be two different answers. And then maybe a, a long shot, right? Who is a long shot that Indiana could get, should get, or just somebody you'd like to see the Hoosiers go after? Be sure uh, that you drop that in the comments on YouTube. If not, go to X, go to Twitter, and tweet at the show, at Locked on Hoosiers. Be sure you do that. I want to see what you are all saying, what you guys are saying, fans of the show, and of course, Indiana fans. I want to hear what you have to say, because there are so many interesting names and storylines already being thrown out. And we talked a little bit about this at the end of the show yesterday, but I wanted to start today's show with it because we constantly are getting updates about this. We're constantly hearing and seeing things 
regarding the coaching search for Indiana football. And I said yesterday that I wanted it to be more of an up-and-comer rather than a former Big Ten head coach. I didn't, I didn't say it couldn't be a head coach right now. I'm just saying I don't want it to be the most common name, a guy that's been around eight different teams and has been fired everywhere he's been, right? I don't want a Brett Bielema situation here in, in Bloomington like we're seeing over at Illinois. I just don't want that. I don't think that's what Indiana needs. And so some of the names we mentioned yesterday, Jason Candle at Toledo. I mean, the guy's got 65 wins and 33 losses over there. He's doing something right at Toledo of all places in eight years. I think that's a really good choice. Um, He's won a couple of Mac titles over there. I think he's a guy who is looking to make that next step up, right? The guy that's looking to make the jump into power five football. Same thing with James Madison's head coach, Kurt Signetti. We talked about him, a really good record um, in the last few years at James Madison. We know that they have been uh, one of the talking points of college football this season. His age is kind of worrisome. I've seen a lot of you talk about that. Update on this name, though. Update on Willie Fritz from Tulane. It seems like that is not going to happen. Not saying it can't, but the things that I'm hearing and seeing and being told, it just doesn't seem like that one is going as well as some of the others, right? It just doesn't seem like that one is taking off as, as quickly. Very well could still be in the running here. And I think it would be a wonderful hire. Willie Fritz has made Tulane into a borderline powerhouse on their level. I said this on the show yesterday. Nobody wants to play Tulane. You don't want to play that team. You don't. And I think Indiana needs to get back to having that mentality, right? I remember the times where Indiana, where when we were on the schedule, People were scared. People were worried. Like, okay, here comes Indiana. You have to be ready to play. You have to be ready to go. And that's exactly what Tulane is. And that's what Willie Fritz could make Indiana. Now, is that going to work out? I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the dude's got Tulane ranked, guys. He has Tulane ranked in football. Let's just think about that for a second. I've seen a lot of Tom Herman, right? I've seen a lot of Tom Herman from FAU. Maybe so. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I just And that's more of a gut feeling than anything. I just don't know if he would take that jump or if even if Indiana would take that jump as well. The other head coach that I've seen a lot of people talk about is, is Kane Womack from South Alabama. And that's a really, really interesting one because that is not a common name. It's not a common school. It's not a common names, not a common coach, not a common program, but he's also not a common head coach. He's only been head coaching for a few years. He's had a, he has his first head coaching job at South Alabama just two years ago. So that gets into the questions of, okay, does Indiana in this athletic department, do they really want to take a gamble on somebody who is fresh into the coaching world. I don't know. And I wouldn't hate it, but Indiana needs a little experience, I think. I mean, you're taking over a a program in the Hoosiers that it's down. Let's just be real. It's down. 
And you have to come in and know how to build it back up, how to recruit, how to build a foundation, how to win over a locker room, how to earn respect from the players to the coaches and the coaches to the players. And I just don't know if a guy with such little coaching experience could do that. Um, I don't know. I mean, we know he's been here before, but as a head coach, I just don't know, man. I think it's a huge gamble. But guess what? It's one of those gambles that if it pays off, it'll work, right? It, it, it could be really, really good if it pays off. But you're dealing with a guy, luckily, that's been in Bloomington, right, a D.C. here, and that would be a familiarity factor. But other than that, I just think it's too big of a risk. But again, if it worked out, he could be the coach of the future with as young as he is. This this name has been thrown around a couple of times, and he already shut it down, Dan Mullen, formerly from the SEC a couple of times, Mississippi State, and then, of course, Florida as well. He shut it down. I saw a comment about it earlier today. He shut that one down pretty, pretty quickly. But there's a couple of names, man. I already talked about Pat Fitzgerald. Absolutely not. No way, no way, no way. No, no, do not touch Pat Fitzgerald if you're Indiana. Same thing with Paul Christ. I wasn't excited about that one either. And those are just some of the names that have been really, really common. Um, there was a thing about Mike Hart possibly interviewing for the Indiana job. Um, so I don't know. There's so many different names and possibilities. But I just think you don't want somebody super old, but you don't want somebody super young but it's got to be somebody with some head coaching experience. It's got to be somebody who knows what they're doing, but hasn't been around eight or nine different jobs. That's how I feel. I want to know what you think. Again, if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments. Let me know. Drop some names for me. We'll talk about them throughout the next couple of weeks. Drop me some names, and we'll talk about who Indiana should hire as their next head football coach. Coming up here on the show, we're going to take a look, switch back over to basketball. First time we've let off the show with football in a while, huh? We'll flip back to basketball and see what Mike Woodson and his comments were in his weekly radio show. I think that's important that we talk about that as Indiana getting ready to open up Big Ten play. We'll have that for you coming up in just a second. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. I play it every single day. I almost had a six-legger the other day. I didn't, but I almost did, and it would have been really, really cool. It was actually one of their Cyber Monday specials, so I placed it. Unfortunately, I did not hit, but man, it was exciting, and it was the last leg, too. It was so close to hitting that six one, uh, but it's so much fun, and I, I use prize picks every single day. You can play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community. And uh, you have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Again, I use Prize Picks every day. I'm going in the NBA, crossing it over with NFL, even some NHL plays. As well, nobody's doing it 
like prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. And again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today, again, that's Locked On Sports Today, is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Well, Mike Woodson had some comments during his weekly radio show uh, just about where the team is, about what's happening, um, what's coming up for Indiana as well. We've been talking and discussing how this team is getting into getting into conference play, right? They've got some, some big games coming up, a tough four-game stretch. And Mike Woodson had some interesting things to say about what he, you know, basically coming out of the Harvard game and what he's saying coming into what this stretch would look like. And some of the things are the injury problems, right? Some of the things are about the three-point shooting. I know he he kind of got a little feisty with some of the media the other day uh, talking about how media wants the team to shoot more threes and shoot better. And he kind of had a, a snarky, no, I wouldn't say snarky, but had a comment where, you know, he wants the team to shoot, but he's not just telling them to shoot, shoot, shoot. Like, you could tell there's a little frustration from him um, so far with the three-point shooting. And I think there's a little frustration from him when it comes to what the media and even what the fans want as well. And so I get it. I do. I get it. I know that fans are wanting better defense, right? You're wanting some more threes, and you're wanting more makes as well. And I, I read a bunch of stuff that you guys say about what this team is and what they have to do. But let me say this. He sees this too. No, he's not on the boards all the time, and he's not in the comments all the time and all that. But he is hearing what Indiana fans have to say. And he wants it fixed too. I promise that he wants it fixed just like just like you do. But it's going to take a little bit of time. And on that three-point shooting, Here's what he had to say. A couple of quotes from him the other day. He said, quote, this is head coach Mike Woodson, says, we're not shooting the three ball well. Last year, we were pretty good at it. Quote, we're, talk, we're taking good shots. They're just not going in. Eventually, it's going to start to click. The media's put so much heat on us about making threes. I would love to make every three. I think we all would. He said, it's not like I'm telling my team not to shoot threes. I'm not putting a big emphasis on, hey, you got to make threes. He said, quote, I'm not putting that kind of pressure. You got to make twos also. You got to get stops. You got to get the rebound of the basketball. There's a lot that goes into a basketball game. So he feels the frustration, and he understands that fans are upset. He does. He gets it. And I think I agree with him a little bit that you're getting good shots because there are good shots sometimes, but there are also bad shots as well. Early in the shot clock, contested threes, that Indiana's taking, and those aren't going down, but it's the open threes that you have to make. 
I look at McKenzie and Baco, and I look at Trey Galloway. Those guys have had open threes. They just haven't made them very often. But, man, if they could start knocking them down, then you're in a real conversation for this team to be dangerous. And I've mentioned a bunch of times with Khalil Ware, man, if he can make down, if he can make a three a game, that's all he needs is just one. One three a game, the defense has to respect that. So can Indiana get better in the three-point line, behind the three-point line? I don't know. They were going to find out. Here's what head coach Mike Woodson had to say about the win over Harvard. Um, said uh, this about Anthony Walker, a guy that I've talked quite a bit about. Said he's played really well off the bench. Caleb's starting to do things for us. I get, uh, he said, uh, he said I got to get CJ going. Talking about CJ Gunn, who, if you listen to this show, my everydayers know, I love CJ Gunn, man. I love Anthony Walker as well. I love those guys. I think they're playing really well. Uh, he said, quote, there was an Anthony Leal sighting. I uh, thought he gave us some positive minutes when we really needed it. There's a chance for him to get more minutes. I was happy. as He said, I was happy for him. I uh, talked about a breakout game for McKenzie and Baco, and, man, yes, it was. Yes, it was. We've been begging for this, right? We've been waiting on the McKenzie and Baco game, and I hope that Mike Woodson goes back to him. I hope it's immediately in this next game against Maryland that Mike Woodson goes back to him, McKenzie and Baco and says, shoot the ball, be aggressive, get on the floor, go for rebounds. And if McKenzie and Baco can do that, folks, it's on. It is on at that point because then fully healthy, you have Xavier Johnson, Khalil Ware, McKenzie and Baco, and Malik Renew. That's four aggressive scores that can go double digits every night together. Then if you get Trey Galloway hitting some shots, if you get guys off the bench giving you a little bit of help, if you can get – trying to come up with a number in my head of what a good bench number would be for Indiana. 15, 20 maybe? I mean, I don't think you need that much. If you have your starters, three or four of them going double digits, there's let's say 40 points. You get another 15 or 20 off your bench. I mean, yeah, you're looking at 65, 70 points. You want a little bit more here and there, but that's the consistency you're looking for. So I hope Mike Woodson goes back to McKenzie and Baco in the next game, and I hope he continues to play like he's been playing. Uh, he said that he thought that his team played well against Harvard's zone defense, working through uh, and solving it out, and, and Indiana did really well against Harvard, right? They picked that zone apart. They went inside and, and said, beat us inside, and Harvard couldn't do it. And here's what he said about the upcoming game against Maryland. He said, quote, the Big Ten is what it is. When you get to the Big Ten, everything, everyone's trying to win. We can't, make Maryland, we can't take Maryland lightly. He said about Maryland's point guard, uh, Jameer Young, who we'll talk about later in the week, the head of a snake, while Julian Reese and Dante Scott are good supporting players. So uh, that's not, a, that's not a, a shot. That's a compliment. He's... Jameer Young is it. He is him, is what Mike Woodson's trying to say. And he said, quote, they're probably searching too, trying to figure out some things since they have a bunch of new faces, like Indiana does, and they've been off to a little bit of a slow start this season. So overall, how do you think Mike Woodson feels? How do you think, well, how do you take some of those quotes about what we've seen so far, about the three-point shooting, and about the upcoming game against Maryland? To me, it sounds like, and when I watch the videos and hear the audio and then read the quotes back to you, he sounds confident. He sounds confident, but 
concerned because there's still problems to fix. And I think that's completely natural in late November. I think that's normal. And I think there's probably a lot of college basketball coaches that feel the same way. So we'll see how it goes. We've got Maryland coming up this late this week. You've got Michigan on the horizon as well. And I'm curious to see how Mike Woodson continues to carry himself through these next few practices and when you get to that game against Maryland to open up Big Ten play. Well, we'll take a look at bracketology, the latest bracketology coming up here on Locked on Hoosiers and where Indiana stands. Remember, they were on the bubble last time we looked at it. We'll see where they are now and who they have coming up on the schedule. That's also included in bracketology. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers is brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I've used LinkedIn when I was looking for a job way back when. My company uses LinkedIn. I know so many small businesses. My dad, who owns three small businesses, he uses LinkedIn Jobs all the time looking for part-time, full-time employees because it's so important to have the right person for your small business. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, that's billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats it might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, let's take a look at the latest bracketology on ESPN, according to Joe Lenardi for college basketball, as we've made it through feast week, right? We've kind of gotten through that and we've gotten through all the the crazy regular season non-conference tournaments which by the way weren't those fantastic I mean weren't those just really really good games and matchups in college basketball I I absolutely loved it Um, it's one of my favorite times of the year and you have the tournaments you have the different classics right the empire classic and and the legends classic and all those different ones Uh, but then Of course, the Battle for Atlantis and the Maui Invitational, which was stacked this year, the ESPN Invitational. I mean, just so many different ones. So this latest bracketology that came out yesterday is updated with all of that, which will give you a pretty good idea of where we sit as we're on the way into December. Your top overall seed is Purdue, of course, from the Big Ten. And last time... Indiana was on the bubble. They were on the last four in line the last time we did this. You're not going to be happy with this, but Indiana is not just the last four in. They've actually dropped. They're not even the first four out. We're the next four out. Yeah, here's what the bubble looks like right now. Last four buys are Colorado State, Arkansas, who's off to a rough start, Iowa State, Providence, Your last four in, Northwestern, a Big Ten school, Texas Tech, Xavier, and Nevada. Your first four out are Oregon, Iowa, Big Ten, NC State, and Cincinnati. And your next four out are Indiana, St. Mary's, New Mexico, and Virginia Tech. 
I don't quite understand how Indiana dropped here. Um, I don't really know what happened between the last one and this one. I mean, yeah, you took the loss to UConn, but it was a top five team in the country. And since then, you turned around and beat Louisville. You have your win over Harvard, who, I, again, I think that team's going to compete for the NCAA tournament themselves. I just don't fully understand how Indiana dropped from not just the last four in, not the first four out, you're now the next four out. I don't get it. I don't understand. Again, this is a projection of what Joe Lenardi and ESPN think is going to happen come Selection Sunday, but I just think you're wrong. I do. Now, do I think Indiana is a full-on 100% lock to be an NCAA tournament team? No. Absolutely not. I don't. But for for you to say that there are almost 80 teams better than Indiana, I don't think so. I just you would you would it would be really hard for me to sit down and pick 75 to 80 better teams than Indiana, more talented teams than Indiana, more exciting teams than Indiana, and have higher potential than Indiana too. I think that has a big part to do with it as well. So whatever, right? Whatever. I mean, it's late November, early December. Does bracketology really matter here? No, not necessarily, but it gives you an idea of where the Hoosiers are. Gives you an idea of where this team sits as you open up Big Ten play. Here's where your other Big Ten teams lie. I gave you the teams on the bubble. You have Purdue, who's the number one seed coming into the uh, Midwest. You have also, uh, you have, I had some of these written down. There we go. Uh, You have um, not very many because the Big Ten is down to six. Last time, I think they had eight, right? Last time, I think the Big Ten had eight teams in the NCAA tournament. You now have six. Michigan State as a six seed. They have dropped. Uh, You have, we mentioned Indiana on the bubble. You have Wisconsin as a seven seed right now. You have Northwestern, who's right there on the bubble as an 11 seed in one of the play-in games. And just not very many teams from the Big Ten are represented. You have Ohio State as an eight seed. Just not very many teams. And so that could be a Illinois as a seven seed. There we go. You just don't have all that many teams. And that's not good for Indiana. I've said this. This is not good for the Hoosiers. You need the Big Ten to be good. You need the Big Ten to be really good because Indiana's got to get some quality wins. And at the end of this thing, if you only have, if the Hoosiers only have wins over three or four NCAA tournament teams and a bunch of losses against non March Madness teams, the resume is not going to speak well. The resume is not going to look very good which means Indiana will not be able to afford some losses, and that's a tough spot to be in. That's a really tough spot to be in because look at the conference breakdown. The Big 12 is up to 10 schools right now, according to Joe Lenardi. SEC with eight, Big 10 with six, the Big East with six, ACC with five, Pac-12 with four, Mountain West with three, and the American with two. Indiana can't afford this, man. They cannot afford the Big Ten to not be good because they have to get wins, and they have to get wins somewhere. Some of your non-conference games 
Auburn has a six seed. Kansas has dropped to a two seed. You're playing them coming up in just a few games. Just not looking great. So what does this mean for Indiana before we wrap it up? Indiana has to win the games that they're supposed to. You have to beat the teams you're favored to beat. And you're going to have to get some upsets this season. A win over Auburn would be huge. A win over Kansas at home would be huge. Beating Purdue at least once would be massive. Beating Ohio State, beating Michigan State, right? Beating Illinois, beating some of these teams that are on your schedule that you don't play a whole lot, but you have chances to beat them, you got to get some wins. And you have to beat the teams you're supposed to. Indiana cannot afford slip-ups this season. They just can't. And I, I hate I hate to say it that way, and I hate to put that much pressure on this team and what they're going to be doing, but based off of that bracketology, that's not a good outlook for the Hoosiers, especially since they've dropped, and all they did was lose to the number five team in the country. I know there's a lot of hate. I know there's a lot of back and forth on what people like and dislike about bracketology, but as I always say when we do this, there's a long way to go. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Hoosiers. I appreciate you making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen each and every day. Please, if you're on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Helps us out tremendously. Our viewership is going up, guys. We are really doing well over here so far as the season gets going, as football season is wrapping up, but the head coaching search is in full swing. I appreciate you being here. My everyday or shout out to you. You're the reason that this thing is so successful. And I love each and every one of you. I appreciate you all so much. If you're on any of your podcasting platforms, we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe there if it's an option. Turn on notifications so you know when we go live. And again, I just appreciate you all. We're getting closer to the Maryland preview. We have Big Ten stuff going up. Hopefully, we've got a crossover episode coming up in the next few days, maybe starting next week as well. So lots of exciting things going on here at Locked On. And be sure you go and check out the Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Drop them a subscription as well. 24-7 sports coverage on a streaming YouTube channel. You can't ask for anything better than that. But as always, stay safe, Hoosier fans, and I'll talk to you later.